All right, everybody. Thanks so much for stopping by another live episode of Real Estate Titans, sponsored by Lionball Media. I'm your host, Greg Fowler, traveling to the marketplace, interviewing the top professionals in our field, essentially gathering insight, inspiration, really drives and motivates these top producers above and beyond everybody else in what I'd like to consider a real estate titan. Now, our very special guest and future titan for episode 275, all the way from Minneapolis, Minnesota, none other than Mike Bernier. Now, Mike, it's an honor and a pleasure, my friend. Thank you so much for taking the time. I appreciate it. Thank you for having me. And I'm lucky number 275. Lucky number 275. I'm ready. <laughs> Love it. I love it, my friend. You are among so many great professionals from all over the world. I, and again, it's an absolute honor and a thrill to have you to share your story and your thought process to really scale and grow business to the highest of level with the Titan Nation. So, Mike, without further ado, I want to dive into your story, you know, who you are, what got you into the business, where you came from, and kind of your progression through your career that's led you up to today, kind of the origin story. So, let's go there if you're all right with that. No problem. I guess if I'm going to have an origin story in real estate, I would de describe myself as a lost soul as a young man. Yeah. I, I worked. Uh, I worked a lot of jobs from 16 on. I watched my father work uh, a job he hated his whole life, like 30 years at a place he hated, but he got up every day and did it. And I just kept quitting or getting fired from everything I tried to do. And I hated everything I did. I'm like, I'm never going to get this working thing down. I'm going to be a loser my whole life. I basically fell into real estate because I wanted to try something, a different type of work. So mm -hmm. I'm looking through the wanted ads and there's a real estate you know, uh, company that's posting a, a wanted ad. So I went and I, I'm like, what is this job about? I was 21 at the time. I mean, I literally never sold the thing. I was still living at home, never owned it, uh, a house. Wow. And uh, I, I met with the office manager. Uh, two days later, I was getting my real estate license. Three weeks later, I was licensed. Mm -hmm. I had my first client three days after that. And I'll tell you, I've never looked back. It just, I, I connected with the industry from the moment I started. I actually felt like it had a purpose. My first closing, the, the woman breaks out in tears. It was a family friend of mine. She breaks out in tears. I go, oh my God, what did I do wrong? Are you okay? And she says, I lost my house in foreclosure 10 years ago. And I never thought I would ever own a home again. And the only reason I worked with you is because you're young and dumb. And you probably had no idea what you're getting into working with me. But here I'm at a closing table. For the first time in my life, I actually felt like I had impact. And that, that's what got me on that, on that, on that path. Yeah. And I've been there ever since. Oh, Mike, but that's such a beautiful, you know, up and coming story is coming through, you know, as a young man, just exploring life and going from opportunity to opportunity and not really fitting that place or seeing the the, the path to, to life in there. And I think that it's natural for so many people that are out there, entrepreneurs or business professionals or anybody in between, obviously, to the real estate community. It, this is not a occupation that someone thinks as a young child, someday that's the dream job. You know, usually it's a baseball player or an astronaut, you know, a, a fireman. fireman. <laughs> yeah, something. No, I'm not a real estate agent. You're not thinking about that. But, you know, once you, the thing is, once you get in, there's so many people that once you're in, you're in for life. You just can't get out. It just, it connects with you. It grabs you. And you're making your phone calls at 10 o'clock at night. You're dealing with everybody else's stresses and problems and you think why am i doing this but you're just hooked it's some like people like me you just get hooked in the business you do i i love that mike too and, and in addition to that obviously your progression through your career and you've hit some incredible highs i mean breaking shattering records i mean growth and development massively dominating into the markets that you serve i i want to get into that story and lineage so okay we'll, we'll pick up for you're in the business now you're past the first year what is your career path kind of look like? What were the stages kind of leading up to today with, with your career path and into real estate? 
I'll tell you, I learned the hard way. And I tell a lot of brand new agents this this uh, this one piece of advice to say, if you want to know how people really feel about you, get your real estate license. And I went through this because, oh, you know, no. you might have friends and family and you get your license and they just ghost you. They're not going to use you. You Once in a while, you see a brand new agent that everybody, they like, they have instant credibility. Their whole SOI, their sphere of influence flocks to them, throws them business. Most of us, we were the dumb kids that they remember that were not credible, didn't show up for things, canceled on people. All those things kind of catch up to you. So you have to go and build like a new network. And that's what I did. I was very young, hmm. but I got all of my business from the two places I hung out from the bar. I was 21 years old. So the yeah. bar and the gym is where I got all my business from. And I was doing up to 15, 20 deals a year before I was 22, 23 years old from those two places. And, you know, I'll tell you, I, I learned a lot in that, that, you know, um, your network is your net worth, right? So as I got older, I kept upgrading my network and my opportunities kept growing. So a lot of new agents coming to the business today, they get so down on themselves. Nobody's helping me. Mm. My friends and family, they're using other agents. Said, yep, that, that happens a lot. It's time to upgrade your network. You know, that was one of my first lessons. Mm. Uh, but, you know, for the first three or four years of my career, I went from 10 deals my first year, 15, but I was doing 20, 25 deals by year three. Then, you know, by the year four, I'm doing a quarter million dollars a year at 24, 25 years old. That's that's a bad thing for a 24, 25 year old. I'm disciplined guy. I spent oh, yeah. a lot of money in VIP rooms, champagne bottles, you name it. I was throwing money out the window like crazy. Oh, uh, I learned my lesson during the crash. I learned, I learned, you know, uh, about um, investing, saving, how to run a business. When the market completely crashed in 2008, mm-hmm. I was doing up to 40 transactions a year as a solo agent, no transaction coordinator. We didn't have those back in those days, mm-hmm. you know, so market crashes. And that's where I kind of learned my, my, one of my first lessons of business. Okay. of how to actually run a business like a business, how to put systems in um, to your business. So up to that point, I was ignoring all kinds of opportunity. I was ignoring investors. I had opportunity in REO. I, I liked my my first time home buyers, my first time move up buyers. That's what I liked. That's what was I was comfortable with. Wow. And that whole stream of business got compromised during 2007 and six, seven and eight. And I had to rebuild. I started working with flippers. I started working with mm-hmm. long-term uh, rent and holds, buy and holds. I start wow. working with investors. I start working with um, all kinds of different variety of people. Mm. But the best year I had as a solo agent before I start running teams, prior to the crash, I was doing about 40 transactions. After the crash, when I rebuilt, here I find myself doing 70, 75 transactions, diversifying and getting business from different lanes. And I watch agents struggle with this. It's like they get one thing that they're good at or one source of business, and that's all they focus on. Mm. It's great when it's working until it's not. And when it stops working and you have nothing to shift to, you find out really quick, you know, what the bottom feels like, what it feels like to struggle. Because this business is fun when you're not worried about money. When you're not worried about the next deal, when your income is consistent, the business is fun. When you're worried about the next deal, when you're worried about the money, how are you going to pay your bills? It's not fun anymore. You Mm -hmm. stress out, you lose sleep at night. I think we've all been there. We've been through those slumps, right? So one of the things I learned very early on in my career is you can't rely on one source of business. You've got to be able to have multiple, what we call vertical sales verticals, whether it's your SOI, open house leads, uh, uh, um, internet leads, uh, physicals, expires, whatever your thing is, have two or three that you're really good at, build your systems in there and make sure that your systems are built to generate your pipeline. So many of us focus on the clients we have, hmm. but we don't focus on the, how we really build that pipeline. That pipeline is more important than any particular client. Wow. I would the, the ability to, to generate New opportunity, new transactions, new leads is more important than anything else. Yet we focus on the next paycheck. We focus on the next deal that's going to close. And the result of that, the outcome of that 
is in one of the most horrifying facts and stats in our industry. 50% of people forget their agent's name after the first year when they worked with them. Wow. 80% of people say they use the same agent twice, 12% do. Well, why is that? Because we're always moving to the next thing. We're not really taking care of our pipeline. Our, we're not really building our referral uh, opportunities, our repeat business opportunities. I had to learn that lesson the hard way. Wow. You know, see what I'm saying? Yeah, like, you know, so learning to, to build systems in, to get repeat business, to build a pipeline, have different sales verticals that you're operating in. I had to learn that in, during that crash. My business went from, you know, 40 transactions a year down to six or seven wow. overnight. Mike, wow. Brutal, brutal. Great lesson, though. It's probably one of the best life lessons I've ever had. You know, as you mentioned that, and there's so many professionals that are tuning into this live or after the fact that have been through hardship and time frame, uh, you know, during the crash, and uh, it, it really kind of shocks the system. There's a there's massive learning experiences. When it's good, it's good. When it's not, yep. that's when it really shakes to the core. Yep. And, you know, Mike, thanks for sharing that story, because again, we're all human. We all have things that we need to reposition and overcome. And you can't just keep doing the same thing over and over and expect a different result, especially if the market is shifting uh, consumer behavior and everything along those lines through the markets. And and I, I really appreciate that you're coming from a place of, you know, youth and making the mistakes along the way that so many others have and learning from those experiences and then always growing and always evolving into a positive and hitting the highs and, and going through that. And I know that you're massive into training and coaching and education for lead generation and team building. And, uh, you know, there's so many aspects of that, Mike, and I want to, I want to nerd out with you and get into that, but let, let's, let's keep the path going. So you're past 2000 and, you know, six, seven, eight, business continues to grow and accelerate because you've taken the time to really diversify how the income is being structured for you, which is brilliant. And again, everyone should be following these footsteps if you're not already. Where do we go next, Mike? What, what What's the next progression through your career? So I'll tell you, um, one thing I found uh, a real big advantage back in those days, um, before Zillow became a big thing, um, we were generating a lot of leads on sign calls. So, you know, Zillow, I think it must have, it had to be like in 2015, 16, they put out a stat. This just grabbed my attention when I saw it. This is back then. Before, you know, I think the FCC is now saying that like 52, 55% of every call is spam, right? So think back in 16, 17, before it was quite that bad. But even then, they were saying 47% of every single sign call goes unanswered, 47%. And when you look at NAR stats saying that it takes an average of three times for a consumer to call an agent to get a response, back, that's an industry problem. Horrible. So what, what I was crushing it on, the best year I had at this, I did 43 transactions from sign calls. We were, we had, uh, you know, I teamed up with an REO agent that had no interest in buyers. I'm like, I'm going to, I'm going to work the buyer leads. So, you know, I'm throwing signs on the ground and I was closing about out of 10 phone calls, two deals, uh, every wow. 10 phone calls. Right. Good. And it was interested people because by the time they actually get in their car, drive to the house, pick the phone up and make the call on that sign. Those are pretty interested buyers. You know, they, they know they've got intent yeah. and, you know, if you handle it right, you're going to get the showing. You're going to meet them. If you're good at if you're good at converting leads, especially you know, getting them into the house and showing them. If you're good at that point, you're going to close deals. So that's that's the direction I went, hmm. and I went really heavy into uh, repeat and referral business from that. So I started building this network, okay. um, and that's what got me into 70, 75 transactions a year. And I had one transaction quarter at the, coordinator at that point. That was when TCs were very early on, right? Hmm. So that brought me into the REO market started to 
really die down. So my partner and I looked at each other. He had the REO. I was working the buyer leads with a little small team. Okay. We looked at each other and said, what are we, what are we going to do? And we decided to form a traditional brokerage. Um, so we started with eight people. That's what we had at the time, eight people. And we grew. We've hired a thousand people over the last uh, eight and a half, nine years. Uh, you know, we're in multiple states. Uh, at one point, we were the third fastest growing brokerage uh, in the country under EXP and Compass. Um, and we're an independent, uh, bootstrapped, never borrowed a dime, uh, not traded, no private equity, but we're the third fastest growing brokerage in the country. Mm-hmm. And when we got our start early on, our big claim to fame was we're taking agents that were really, again, this was coming kind of out of the crash, mm-hmm. taking agents that were struggling and kind of showing them what we were doing to be successful. Um, we got into Club Wealth, which Club Wealth, I think right now is about the fourth largest coaching company in the in the country. Sure. And we worked our way from being coached to being coaches, to being the top coaches, the top tier of coaches. Um, you know, so we, we did that. And we were helping grow teams that were doing 200, 300, 500 transactions a year. We we're putting these, these things together mm-hmm. and being part of it. And we we're bringing this back because now our, our Rolodex wasn't just, you know, agents around the country. These were the best teams in the country. This, you know, whether you're talking about Club Wealth, Wilopo, Commission Zinc, uh, the networks of people, their top people were our private masterminds that we would go and travel and get in a, uh, you know, a rental home or an Airbnb for a weekend. We just sit there and we would mastermind. And we bring this stuff back for, for our agents and say, here, you've got to hear this information. Here's what people are doing. Mm-hmm. So we were growing people. And uh, you know, the last time we, we checked, our agents were having an average of 104% growth in the first year with us, 104%. So if they're doing eight transactions, now they're doing 16. It was all because we're giving them actionable, implementable uh, uh, steps to put into their business things and giving them leverage into their business that they could they could uh, kind of go to that next step. I think everybody, whether they're willing to admit it or not, mm-hmm. feels like they should they have a need to grow. And people argue that, like, I'm comfortable where I'm at. Well, you, you might tell yourself that, but we all as people... Mm-hmm. have a desire to really grow, to bust out of our comfort zone. Some people just submit to it and they're like, no, nope, I don't care. Hmm. Reality is, I think I think everybody has that instinct in them somewhere. Um, and that's what we grew a business on, you know, really helping people find that and, and, and grow to that next level. So, but that was because, like I said, we've been so fortunate to be in, in rooms with the top people in the industry, top tech providers, owners of the biggest companies, top team leaders, people doing thousands of transactions a year. Hmm. That's our That was our speed dial. You know, so we got very lucky there. I never want to be the smartest guy in the room. That was always my rule. If I'm not the dumbest guy in the room, I'm in the wrong room. That's how I felt. You know, I just want to take notes from everybody. Oh, well said, Mike. I absolutely love that. And again, just kind of giving us the backstory of everything that's going on with Realty Group. And and I do want to, you had mentioned, uh, you know, a couple individuals. I want to dive a little bit deeper into that. Big shout out to, uh, you know, Michael Hellickson, you know, obviously at Club Wealth. He's a past Titan. So if you're watching this, Mike, uh, or, you know, big shout out. Uh, when it comes to Realty Group in and of itself, how did how did you uh, meet Long Doan? Sure, and yeah. what was the story like there? I, I, I'm a huge fan of Long, uh, yeah. past Titan as well. Love this man to death. Uh, so I'm I'm always curious as how worlds collide, right? How oh. people really come together. So long, he was the REO contact. He was doing, you know, he went from zero to 350 REO properties in his inventory in six months time, right? I mean, everybody loves long. They meet him. The REO asset managers, people are crawling on those asset managers. Like, we love long. We're just going to give you <coughs> listings. So he was getting 900 phone calls a month on those listings with zero going on to capture that opportunity. 
I was running an online lead generation team. I had a group of small, a uh, small group of agents at a different company. Uh, my best of friends that knew Long um, connected us and said, you know, I think you guys need to know each other. Long said, yeah, I, I'm getting all these phone calls. I, I didn't believe him at the time. He said 900 a month. I said, there's no way. But he, he opened his CRM. And I started counting them. I'm like, you're getting 900 phone calls a month. What are you doing with these? He goes, I'm talking to you. That's what I'm doing. Okay. I'm like, I'm in. I'm, I'm going to come over right now. I'm going to transfer. We're going to start working these leads. And we were just crushing that. But like I said, as soon as the REO died down, yep. Long and I looked at each other. We had a serious discussion. Did we just part ways or mm. did we do something different? That's when we decided, you know, that's when Realty Group really became a, a reality. So he he formed the brokerage. He found it in 2009 to service the REO. Mm-hmm. And to the end of 2013, we started having the discussion of what's next. After REO is done, mm. where do we go from here? And we decided that we took a look at all the local brokerages. And I, I bounced around quite a bit, you know, through my 20 plus years at that time. Sure. And um I would look at different models and say, let's keep this piece and throw out the rest. And this other model, let's keep that piece and throw out the rest. We just kept finding the good things about all the models wow. and we wanted to eliminate the bad. And we, what we wanted to accomplish is we wanted to have a flat fee, 100% uh, uh, model that offered more than any traditional split model, it offered more. And you know, nobody thought we could do it. Well, how do you afford it? How do, can you do that when you're not collecting the money? I'm like, I know there's a way. And there, there is. We figured it out. Um, you know, what we offer, the amount of stuff, if an agent went to buy everything that we do on, on their behalf, it'd be over 20 grand a month that they'd be purchasing out of pocket that we have for a nominal fee of hundred bucks a month and five ninety five a file. We huh. figured it out. Huh. That's what we did. But Long and I, both both of us, uh, you know, we, we sat there at that crucial moment and said, we can just go our separate ways mm-hmm. or, you know, like true business people do. How, can, how do we leverage each other? How, how do we use each other's strengths? How do we figure out how to do this together? Because any business, and I know a lot of business owners that inside of real estate and outside of real estate, you don't go it alone. You always have to have people in place mm-hmm. that take on different roles and take on different things. And it's hard to find those partners. Partnerships make business, but they sink business. Oof. You know, they, you look at a business that failed, it's going to be partnerships every almost every single time. Mm-hmm. But you look at a business that succeeds, it's the same thing. Who's really at, at the helm? Mm-hmm. You have to be very careful who you bring into your business. And him and I, we just were a match. We we were just a match. We just worked together, and we'll we're like brothers. We'll fight. I'll put him in a headlock sometimes in '92. Uh, <laughs> but you know, we'll fight. We'll argue. But if anybody else comes at him, they got to get through me first. You know what I'm saying? We're like we're like brothers that way. Yeah, uh, we're great partners. I I love that, Mike. And, and there's no doubt in my mind. And obviously, going from the very beginning stages of you know eight employees all the way up to thousands of you know professionals really dominating the space, and right seven locations in in uh, eleven. No, eleven. I'm, yeah. I apologize. I apologize. So yeah. let let's talk about the the different markets that you serve. Sure. Um, you know, as far as you know, when we're talking about Minnesota, yep. and we're talking about it's Wisconsin, Wisconsin. And now we're in Florida. Florida is a big thing for me because if you spent any time in Minnesota, any of you people that have been in Minnesota, you realize that we have beautiful falls, beautiful summers. But right around Christmas time, through I don't know, call it April. It's like hell on earth. It really is. It's freezing cold. It's super dark. It's not pleasurable to be here. The older I get, the less tolerance I have of that. <laughs> oh you know, goodness. and you go to Florida and you've got nothing but hundreds of thousands of real estate agents. Yeah. And they have, you know, the thing is about real estate in Minnesota, it's seasonal. Hmm. You know, we and June is the busiest real estate month in Minnesota. January is horrible, hmm. but it's opposite in Florida. You know, so you know, thinking from a business perspective. You can take a seasonal, you know, business, and now you can even that out. If wow. you have an equal number of people in Florida versus Minnesota, you're never actually at a dry spell. 
you're always in one market or another crushing it. Wow. And, uh, you know, you think of the seasonal businesses out there, you've got uh, people that do concrete, mm -hmm. asphalt, you got all kinds of seasonal businesses, landscaping, sure. they make all of their money, you know, in three or four months out of the year, mm -hmm. uh, up here, you know, in the cold tundra of Minnesota. Um, you know, you've got, uh, they call it Black Friday, right? In retail, they, they don't make their money until, you know, Black Friday all the way through to the end of the year. That's when they make their money. Mm -hmm. Real estate's a lot like that uh, mm -hmm. in different markets, right? So Florida, since it's exactly inverted, will make a lot of money, in, a lot of money, just a lot of, lot of uh, progress in, in the winter, you know, in Florida and the same year in the summer. So that was our thought. Mm -hmm. And now I get to go down and spend the winters in Florida, which is beautiful. I just bounce back and forth. Yeah, match made in heaven. Oh my, and that's so great. And again, 11 locations and, and absolutely dominating. I, and I'm always curious, and I know that so many others are, I mean, going from the very beginnings to where you are to today, that's massive growth and, and huge, huge impact. What was it like for you, Mike? I mean, what were kind of the highlight reels as you were growing, expanding? What were some of the things that maybe you learned, you know, that you could kind of reflect on? Um, what what comes to mind when you reflect on that? There's probably a, a thousand answers to that question. Uh, you know, there probably is, but there's some simple things I think everybody should get behind if they're really going to grow. Love Number it. one, don't be afraid to fail. Mm. Um, you know, during that crash, like I said, I went from 40 transactions down to six and I lost two houses in foreclosure. That would have crushed a lot of people. They've just been done. Wow. Not me. I said, you know, I know I can figure this out. I got to go back to the drawing board. It's, there's nothing wrong with failure. You, you know, you have to embrace that. You're going to try, like uh, WD-40 is my favorite company on the planet because of how they got their name. I'm not sure if you understand, if you know where they got their name from, okay. but WD-40 had 39 failed attempts to, uh, to create their solution. And in the 40th, they nailed it. I and that's why it's WD-40. Cool. Right. So that, that was an inspiration to be saying, like, you always have to be in a mindset that, not everything's going to work. You have to be uh, willing to let things fail, but you have to keep trying. You have to keep testing and tweaking and, mm. and you have to build systems around your business. Mm. Um, you know, that's one thing I learned very early on. And I watch people, I watch real estate agents doing 15, 18 deals a year, swear mm. that they need two or three assistants. I said, you don't, you just, you're, you're everything you do, you're recreating the wheel every day. Mm. You have to start creating systems. You have to think, get things more efficient. You have to be more effective and know the pressure points to really touch on that actually matter. What's what you know? Seventy-five percent of what you're doing is non-dollar-producing activity. It's it's all busy work and it's all stress work, but it's not producing. It's not moving the needle. Mm. That's the stuff that you got to figure out how to automate, delegate, eliminate one way or the other. And you got to focus on those things that actually move the needle all day long. If you could load me up as a real estate agent, if you could load me up all day long with high-intent buyers and sellers, if I spent all my time with high-intent buyers and sellers, especially sellers. Because it's like one quarter of the amount of time working with the listing than it is a buyer, if not one eighth, that's going to be the most effective use of my time. But but how am I going to get there? Who's going to set me in front of those buyers? What's my systems to get in front of those buyers and sellers? Hmm. The more I can automate that, the more I can make it systematic, the more time I can spend with the people that move the needle. Hmm. So, you know, as I was growing and scaling, I had to figure out how to be effective and what how to bring people in, how to hire. And then once you hire, how do you support those people? How do you make them? How do you empower them to make decisions? How do you not have to just keep on rehiring because people leave you in three months? Like you have to, you have to figure that piece out. Mm. You're never going to do it on your own. And I, I tried this on my own. I almost killed myself being a solo agent doing 75 transactions a year. Last year I did 170 transactions wow. with a team of four. Mm. Me, my fiance is my co-listing agent and two admin knocked out 170 transactions. And I still had pretty much a life while running a, a real estate brokerage. You have to figure out how to leverage if you want to grow. 
if you don't want to grow, if you're happy doing your deal a month, mm. you know, I would still say challenge yourself. Don't stay there. There's so much more you can accomplish. I feel like we all have a moral obligation mm. to push ourselves to greater heights because that's like the, the higher you push yourself, mm -hmm. it opens new doors. You get in new rooms, meet new people, new mentors. You've all heard, I mean, I'm sure you've heard that we're the some of the five people we're closest to, right? Well, so, so you want to upgrade your network, get a higher level of next to those five people, upgrade them. And that's what that's what success and that's what uh, you know kind of upping your game does. It just gets you in new rooms of people and you learn from them. And again, I don't want to be the smartest person in that group. I want to be the dumbest. I want to be the one that's constantly evolving and learning and growing. And I want to benefit from that. Wow. You know, so that was always that was sort of my uh my secret to my success. Mm -hmm. I just kept meeting people that I learned from. I'm a constant student to this day and forever. I will be a constant student, Love never that. the master, always a student. That's how I look at it. But Mike, as you're, as you're mentioning that there's so many <laughs> takeaways for anybody who's tuning in, uh, you know, to really apply and to scale the business. But the, the, the reoccurring message is that, that I'm picking up is no one does it alone. Surround yourself with greatness and, and great mm -hmm. people to inspire and motivate you, but to partner together. And uh, I think that it's crucially important to know that you can go fast alone, but far together. And right. obviously that's been happening in an exponential way with Realty Group and, you know, everything that you surround yourself with, Mike. And I, I can really feel that, that uh, the passion and the energy doing this as long as you've done it, it's, it feels like the, the energy is just as high as it was at the very beginning. And that's, it is. that's so wonderful to, to see. It is contagious. You know, talking about the stat earlier, increasing production by over 100%, you know, it, there's the the processes in place and eat, sleeping and breathing what you do. And there's it's, it's obvious that that's happening with every single opportunity that's there in front of everybody for the training, the education, and really doing it for the, the greater good of the organization. Um, ultimately, that's going to trickle down to the communities and the consumers that are being impacted by true real estate professionals. And there's a big difference, uh, you know, when it comes down to that. And the standard that you are setting, Mike, is massively high. I love that. It's inspiring to me, but also I know anybody out who's tuning into this and watching, yes, there is another level. There's always that next step to go to. Uh, as far as surrounding yourself with greatness, Mike, I got to ask you this. So if somebody's really, okay, I love what Mike's saying, you know, I've heard nothing but incredible things. What's really the directive? If you're talking to somebody who's thinking about taking their career and their business to the next level, yep. what, what would you say to them? How would you encourage them to either reach out, connect with you, uh, or what advice would you give anybody who's tuning into this? It doesn't matter what level they're on their career, just kind of pick and choose what you, you really uh, stand out. I know you've dropped a lot of bombs already. So the advice I would have is don't be afraid to seek out mentors, you know, you all, we need gurus in every area of the life. Like, you know, if you're a spiritual person, you have, you probably have a spiritual guru. There's somebody you're following. If you're a fitness person, don't try to figure it out on your own. Go find your fitness guru, find somebody that's walked that path that can make it easier for you by walking the path behind them. That you're not being a trailblazer. Being a trailblazer is hard, you know, right. find people that have done what you want to do. Get yourself into one thing I love about coaching. Like I said, uh, you know, I've done a lot of coaching. Um, I've been on both ends of it. I've been coached. I am a coach. It's so helpful to have somebody keep you accountable. Mm -hmm. Accountability is one of our biggest Achilles heels, Achilles heels in this industry, well because said. we, uh, you know, we have high performers in corporate America because they have a job and they have got responsibility and accountability. If they don't show up on time, 
mm-hmm. do the tasks that they're supposed to do, they can lose their job or not get the promotion or get a pay cut or whatever it is. Mm-hmm. The second they get their real estate license, that goes to hell. It always does. Now, also, there's nobody holding them accountable. They're sleeping late. They're starting at different times every day. They're letting themselves off the hook, right? There's nobody there keeping them accountable. So if you're that person that struggles with accountability, don't lie to yourself. Let's not, let's be honest, people. If you struggle with it, admit it. Get somebody in your life that's going to help you be accountable because that accountability piece is going to be like, and I will say this, the one thing that's going to make you success, the one key factor, I don't care what method of business that you have. There's a thousand ways to skin a cat in this, in this industry to be successful. But the one common denominator is consistency. Wow. People that are consistent are going to kill it in this industry. So when you see real estate agents going, I love real estate. Every day is different. It's like a new adventure every day. I go, yeah, what's your production like? Because you, there's no consistency. Wow. It's like it's like this. We see the wave of ups and downs. And I've got a deal. I don't got a deal. I just closed two and I've got to start over. Every day should be the same. Some of the most boring things fundamental things you should be doing every single day consistency is what's going to crush it wow consistency over talent all day long mm-hmm. you cannot even be talented if you're like you know let's say you're consistently making the calls you need to make and you make 100 phone calls a day even if you suck at conversion you're going to get deals like just the sheer number game right, right. but so people try to rely on their talent mm-hmm. rely on your consistency the talent's like a bonus that's a cherry on top then your conversion rates are better. Like your efficiency is better. Your effectiveness is better. But grow in in, in consistency. Mm-hmm. Be accountable. Find somebody that's going to help keep you accountable. Mm-hmm. That's what's really going to grow your business. And I, like I said, you can be a, a relationship agent. You can be a open house agent, a lead converter, uh, a prospector. If you're not consistent, you're going to see your business do this every single time. You know. So that I think that's the first problem to solve. Yeah. And right here. It's all, it's all here, you know, it's all there. I mean, uh, you know, burnout, for example, we see a lot of agents talking about burnout. It's mental. Mm. Burnout's mental. It's a, it's a feeling of not being effective. It's a feeling of not being, uh, you know, not being successful of things not working out. Once you stay consistent, once things become habit, remember habits compulsive. Motivation sucks. Motivation mm. comes and goes like an emotion. One day you feel motivated, the next day you don't. Mm. But habit is compulsive. When you get stressed, you fall back on habit, good or bad habit, mm-hmm. you know? So when you form these habits and you become consistent and things get tough, you're going to fall back in these behaviors that actually get you out of the problem mm-hmm. versus deeper into it. So a lot of agents, I feel, rely on their motivation. How do I feel today? Do I want to actually dig in and work? Mm-hmm. Well, again, accountability is a problem. We don't, we don't have a lot of self-accountability. If mm-hmm. we don't have somebody pushing us, the way the cheat, the hack of that is build these into habits, build it so deep into habit it becomes compulsive. Wow. That's that's probably the best advice I can give anybody. Well, <laughs> that's huge, Mike. I mean, it, it's so deep into nature. And you're talking about habits and execution and consistency, mindset, and being, you know, really self-motivating, self-starting. But I I also love the fact that you're looking at it from a standpoint of not necessarily waking up and riding that emotional roller coaster that every entrepreneur or real estate professional has in any given time frame is to look at it and say, you know, hey, if we were only going to show up to work the days we really wanted to, it wouldn't happen, right? So it's the days you really don't want to that you got to double, triple down and just understand that to kind of push back and formulate those habits over periods of time. And I think it was a study, what is it, like 66 days or something like that? Yeah, can- to form the habit. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I mean, so I think break the habit, it's so, it's so easy. You can break the habit in a matter of no time, right? <laughs> That's why it's so important. You have to continue. Like it's so important to do it. Mm. 
I, I, agree, I agree 100. And I love the fact that you mentioned, you know, health and wellness and spirituality. And obviously, looking at it from a financial standpoint, there's so many different facets of success and, and formulating what that looks like in a life. I, I'm not a believer in the one size fits all. Everybody's oh. on a different path and a different yep. journey. But yep. to have that customized, you know, experience with your mentors, with your leadership, with the yep. guidance that you have, and the sum of all parts that are around you is going to help you be the best version of yourself. Whatever those uh, circumstances are, I think that that's crucial. Unfortunately, Mike, and you know this all too well, not everyone is created equal. Unfortunately, there's so many people that settle into the real yep. estate business and the industry, yep. they get complacent. Uh, they don't, they have blinders on in, in continuance to say, hey, you know what? I've been here for a while. I don't know. I don't even take the time to have a conversation. All I would implore everybody to do is just really look at what's happening into your life and into your world and understand that there are people out there like Mike who are really looking at it from a different place and a perspective to really change lives and impact in, in a massive way. And if it's not right for you, it's not right for you. But I think ultimately, we should all have open minds into nature, not to say that we're making decisions or rash decisions, but um, I think that it is important to notice that there is duality. And Mike, I'm just loving what you're saying, man. This is this is great stuff. The uh, the reality of it is it's gratitude, right? So when I look at it, when I look at real estate agents that uh, they forget how blessed they are, uh, mm -hmm. how lucky they are, that little license, that paper license you carry around in your wallet or sits in your drawer or sits on the, on the wall that you frame opens up doors. There's no cap to it. You can you can literally be whatever you want to be in this business. If you want to make 100 grand a year, there's a formula. If you want to make a million dollars a year, there's a formula. There's no cap. And the, the key is gratitude. When you see the agents that get complacent and they just complain about everything and they don't really want to do it and they don't really put their heart and soul into their clients, into their business, I look at their gratitude. It's not there. It's mm -hmm. just not. When you have, when you've struggled, when you've actually had to fight in your life and struggle, and to see what this career, what this industry can do for you, what the the doors it can open, the possibilities, I have nothing but gratitude, nothing but. Mike, it shows your knowledge, your gratitude, your integrity, character. It's all there, my friend, and then some. I mean, this has been an absolute honor and a blast. Uh, you know, I can't think enough for the time. Is there anything you want to leave the audience with? Any closing remarks or or anything that comes into mind uh, before we wrap this one up? One thing I'll say is, uh, you know, a couple of years ago, I watched this car going down the road had a flat tire. And, uh, and and I looked at that and it had this weird epiphany about sort of what, you know, long story short, I really looked at holistically, holistic health. When I mentioned, you know, spirituality and physical, physical health, mental health, emotional health, what I see is a lot of real estate agents having that flat tire in one of those areas. Their spiritual health is in the toilet. Their relational health is in the toilet. And they try to, you know, like I said, you you can't really be your best version of yourself when when something in your life is off. You got to make sure all your tires are inflated. And when you do that, when you when you take the time to take care of yourself, your mental health, your emotional health, your relationships, and all of a sudden your real estate career starts taking off. It's weird how it happens. But if if those tires, one or two of those tires are deflated, you always seem like you're out of energy, dealing with burnout, dealing with problems. You're never like really mentally checked in. So take care of yourself holistically, take care of all those areas and put your heart and soul with gratitude into this career because the people out there that you're servicing really need you. They do. I mean, we, we actually, I, I often hear real estate agents say that uh, I do this because I, I want to help people. And then you got to dig deeper. Like, no, if you want to, if you want to help people, why not put on a, a gun and badge and be a cop or be a, you know, 
EMT or something like let's dig deeper on there's something about this industry that just grabs people. It's the place that they can effectively help people, something that they're good at, something mm -hmm. they enjoy doing, something that they feel, you know, that they actually they actually, they actually have some importance to somebody at that moment. Mm -hmm. We in this industry get to get to service in the American dream. We do. We we change lives. We do. But we have to take care of ourselves. We've got to, we've got to be, you can't take care of anybody else until you take care of yourself. And we forget that sometimes. And then we come from this place of low gratitude, uh, you know, low emotional health, low emotional intelligence. Uh, you know, we're just kind of in this burnout mode and this, the market sucks, this sucks, that sucks. Mm. Wrong attitude. Take care of yourself so you can take care of others because they need you. They do. This is, you're actually affecting their life. Be your best self. That's my advice. Ugh. Mike, I, I, I love this conversation. Uh, I know the audience is, is really, uh, you know, enjoying this dialogue and thought process because it's from the heart. The integrity and the character that you showcase is massive. And, and once again, this is, this is what you see is what you get sort of mentality and truly somebody who walks the talk, Mike. And that, that's what I love about you and this conversation and obviously the organization that you've built and continue to build uh, sky's the limit. And then some, my friend, and uh, yes. this is just uh, an incredible opportunity for us to have a conversation. I, I can't thank you enough. It it's been a pleasure. Truly. Thank you, Mike. Thank you for having me on. And, and I, I have to dub you an official real estate Titan. That's a badge of honor that you can wear forever, Mike. It's in your heart. There's no trophies or plaques, but it is yours, uh, my friend, and well-earned, well-deserved, 100%. So uh, I, I appreciate you. And, and everybody out there, I appreciate you, as always, for your time and attention, your continued love and support. If you like here with doing the Real Estate Titans, don't forget to like and subscribe. You do know what to do at this point, but I still have to say it anyway. Uh, I do want to give our sponsor a quick shout out, Linebolt Media. If you are a real estate professional looking to grow and scale your business with leading edge digital marketing, visit lionboltmedia.com. Now we're live here every Tuesday afternoon, a different Titan, a different location. We'll catch everybody on the next live episode of Real Estate Titans. Take care. Thanks, Mike. Bye-bye.